0: To just come and share the word the Lord has, has put on your heart, and uh, I hope I didn't miss anything I was supposed to do, but it'll all work out. Thank you so much. Love you. So good to see my nephew. He's a handsome young fella, and um, we have traveled together in different countries, and what a joy it's been to to see the legacy of the call of God transcend from one generation to another, and um, I remember the first time I came to America, I, I rather than 14, I was 18, uh, and I was in culture shock, I came from Africa, and um, things were so different, the food was different, the people were different, uh, and I was adjusting to the American custom, <laughs> that you're so unique, uh, and... Uh, and so I, I tried to pick up, they called me African because that's where I grew up and speak the languages. And, and, and I love that's That's like when I'm, my wife says, whenever, she said, Steve, whenever you're in Africa, she said, you become just like them because I love their worship. They've got the worship that comes from the heart. It doesn't come from here. It comes from the heart. And when they worship uh, coming to the house of God, you hear them on on Sunday morning coming from the pathways through the bush and they're all dancing and swaying, having their best washed clothes on for Sunday, bright colors and they sing the song Natali Vangeli, Natali Simanga. That means we're on our way to the house of the Lord. And they sway and sing full of life and vitality. And I tell you, they are alive around the world. One of the largest churches in Moscow, thousands and thousands of people, is a Nigerian pastor. God called to uh, Russia, and he has a church of over ten thousand. And God is using him mightily. So uh, I, I I really thank God for my roots. And David is in. 11th generation minister of the gospel. I'm a 10th, he's 11th, and we have a 12th generation now as well. So many years ago, one of our great, 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 great grandfathers bowed his knee, committed his life to Christ, and accepted the call. And it just became contagious. So the Holy Spirit has been so gracious in blessing our heritage down through the years and now we're pushing on for more to come into the body of Christ. I bring greetings from my wife. I just talked to her before coming and she told me what to preach, how to preach. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I said (laughs) she's so fired up uh, and the Lord is just visiting her Last night, when I talked to my wife, she has one of her best friends, and uh, her name is Vivian. She's a Japanese lady, uh, and and she was into, my wife accidentally met her in a Starbucks in a mall in Seattle, and they just kind of locked eyes and started smiling and talking, and before long, this lady started talking to my wife about Buddhism. And uh, my wife, she said, "Oh, that's fascinating." She said, "Tell me more." And so she started talking about the trees and the flowers and, you know, how they talk and, you know, what they believe. You know, uh, Buddhist belief. Uh, My wife never counteracted her with with anything. She just listened. And all of a sudden, my wife, she said, "You know what? God is everywhere." Yes, he's in the trees, he's in the flowers, he's everywhere. Not only that, but he's inside of us by the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden that lady got so excited, she said, well, we need to get together. With a matter of a few months, that lady became wonderfully born again, and the Spirit of God is so afire in her Until they both of my wife and her get together, they devour the word. And this lady that was a Buddhist is now gloriously saved. She pursued the encounter of the supernatural with God, and so she was on the phone. She she said, "We're praying for you." (laughs) So during this conference, and. I bring you greetings. We have four children and ten grandchildren, and uh, we're celebrating the goodness of God. I've just pushed into 77 years of my birthday, and our grandkids said, Grandpa, what about the future? I said, do you want to know my five-year plan or my 20-year plan? (laughs) Well, you can tell us your 20-year plan. I said, when I leave this world, I want to be imparting that anointing into the lives of you children and others around. There's no retirement in God. you know that? So if you think you're going to retire and sit back, there's a move of God that's coming to this nation of ours that's going to surprise you. He's going to surprise you. It's going to be a shaking and anointing of the Spirit of God going to be flowing. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I was woken some, some weeks ago, early in the morning, about 3 o'clock. I got out of bed and the Lord spoke to me. He said, I want to talk to you about what's coming to America. And I said, Lord, I'm hearing. He said, There's coming a spiritual tsunami. It's going to hit the church, hit the believers. And then hit the nation. And he said, you know how a tsunami does? It comes in and floods everything. He said, I'm going to flush out all those things in the body of Christ that they've been hanging on to. Traditions, hurts, pain, memories, unforgiveness, resentments. I'm going to flush it out till they're going to have to, as it were, throw it out on the sidewalk so that it can be taken into the garbage heap. And God said, I'm going to bring that tsunami in, and the church is going to, as it were, upchuck. You hear what I'm talking about? And he said, it's going to be swept back into the sea of my forgetfulness. I want you to know it's coming. It's not going to drown us. It's going to cleanse us. Hallelujah. Lost opportunities, God's going to restore. Lost vision, God's going to restore. Oh, praise the Lord. So I'm excited to see what the Holy Spirit is bringing to America. I was just a few weeks ago in Nova Scotia, Canada, on the 50th anniversary of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That hit the province of Nova Scotia. That's the furthest east you can go in Canada. It's another time zone beyond this east coast. And it's way up there north. My phone rang one day. And it was the leader of the, of the, the Pastoral Association of Nova Scotia. And there are all kinds of churches belong to it. Anglican. Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostals, all of them, and and he said, he said to me, he said, God told us to call you and ask you to come and relight the fire that burst forth fifty years ago. Will you come? And I want you to know, God said, go. And we spent two weeks of. Crossing all over Nova Scotia. The Anglican churches were packed to capacity. And the pastors were saying, hey, we've never had such a crowd like this. And the Spirit of the Lord was falling out upon them. Getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. Methodist, Baptist, all of those churches. God is moving in Nova Scotia by the Holy Spirit. They were so on fire. And there was one pastor called me as I was leaving, and he said, Brother Stephen, he said, when you left the church, left our church on Monday, he said, guess what happened? He said, the spirit of the Lord came in in such a powerful way in the next meeting, and one of the prominent men in our city of Halifax, political man, high influence in the, in, in the province, got slain by the power of God and he couldn't get up for a solid hour. He said he was glued to the carpet. His cheek was glued to the carpet. And people tried to help him up and they couldn't move him. And the man gave his testimony after one hour. He finally bellowed out from deep inside of his belly with all his might and he screamed it. God loves me. And it echoed throughout the building. God loves me. He said God spoke to him and said, I'm not going to let you go until you proclaim that I love you. It's all about us. We hear loving him. But God wants us to know he loves us. And he said, the man, when he bellowed it three times, all of a sudden he could lift his head off the carpet. And finally, after a while, he was able to sit on the front row and tears running down his face. He said, all my life, I was always told, love God, love God, love God, but never was taught that God loves me. He said, God set me free. Because many times we think we're not good enough for God to love us. I want you to know he loves you more than you love him. And that's okay. Because you'll never out love God. Oh, hallelujah. We're in for a change. America is in for a change. Praise the Lord. I don't care what's going on around the world. It's, eyes are upon this nation. I was telling your pastor, one service on Memorial Day, over a thousand people stood in Canada and they had an American flag on the screen and they sang God Bless America. Put their hand over their hearts. At the end, they cheered, God Bless America. They said, you tell the American people we love them. God loves America. And they said, thank you. So good things are in store. Turn with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 5. I don't want to hold you very long tonight. But we're entering into a phenomenal time, prophetically, in this nation. And we, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ is getting ready to see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the Holy Spirit is perfecting us and bringing us into the likeness of Jesus. For he's coming for a glorious church. Not a moaning, groaning, lifeless church. <laughs> oh, I want you to know God is on the move around the world like it would just blow your minds. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There is, there is a revival going around the world in all of the years of ministry. I have never seen such a harvest of souls coming into the kingdom in thousands, thousands around the world, coming into the body of Christ. Indonesia right now, over 30% of Indonesia, the most Muslim nation in the world, over 30% are born-again Christians right now. It's spreading just like a virus. The gospel is alive moving i was in china and china has over 390 million believers in the lord jesus christ and the persecution is arising in china and they're shouting with praise because when you persecute the body of christ it multiplies you hear what i'm talking about watch out (laughs) when you attack the body of christ we don't just collapse we just don't go into hiding we go out with the gospel and what was happening in china the president of china he said he made a commission that every cross on every church building be taken down you know why because when they would fly in at night All those crosses on those churches in China are lit up. And when the planes would come in, they would see the crosses and they'd say, my, this is a Christian nation. And so they said, take it down. Because we're supposed to be an atheistic nation. But I want you to know they're complaining because Christians are in the government and they're going to become the majority within eight years as they, begin, as they continue to grow in China. Praise the Lord. It's exciting. Hallelujah. You, what you have sown through the years, God is letting it come forth with glory and wonder and majesty. Thank you, Lord. We're going to Colombia. Good friend of mine, Enrico Gomez. The guerrillas, communist guerrillas captured him. That's how we got acquainted. Started out with a hundred and something people. And I preached in his fellowship. He has 80,000 on Sunday morning. 80,000 people on Sunday morning. And I was there for the groundbreaking of the new sanctuary that will seat over 100,000. It's like a stadium. And he said, Brother Stephen, he said, I'll show you the plans for 10 stadiums that would link together that will seat a million people worshiping the Lord. This is his vision. And he's on his way to it. That's by the Holy Spirit. America, wake up. Wake up. God's not dead. He's alive. Praise the Lord. For in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 says these words, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. I want you to turn to somebody beside you and I want you to say these words. You're more than who you think you are. Say it again. I want you to know you're more than who you think you are. We have allowed in our society, we have allowed television, Politicians, education systems, all of these things within our eyesight and hearing to define who we are. America is in identity crisis. You can't say this or you can't say that. You can't even look a certain way. They're trying to redefine man and woman. But that does not change what God made. Man will try, but when man tries, he's got to get some artificial thing to keep it going, but it finally collapses. Do not let society and the media define who you are. You're a child of God, born of His Spirit. Heirs of the kingdom of God. Your name is in the Lamb's book of life. You are a royal owner of property of heaven. For he said, I go to prepare a place for you. I want you to know your name is on the deed and title registered when you became born again. Oh, hallelujah. Stop walking around poverty. Lift up your head. You're a child of God. Born of his spirit. The blessings of God. Oh, hallelujah. Start acting like royalty. Children of the king. Oh, glory. You're more than who you think you are. TV has... has, has captured the imagination through lies. And we're believing it as believers. They're telling that Christianity is on the decline. No, it's not on the decline. That's a bunch of nonsense. It is on the increase. It's growing with leaps and bounds. Satan is a lie. He will lie to you. Notice... He's always trying to mess with your brain, infiltrate you. Satan, number one battle against us in America, is our identity, saying that the world hates us. (laughs) I want you to know, God has allowed me in these years to go into 80 nations And I've been into all the Muslim nations that you could imagine. And I've never yet and met millions of people had somebody come up to me and say, I hate America. I remember being in Pakistan, in Siokot. And on a Friday night with my friend who's Malik Muhammad Islam. And he's a Muslim politician. and He's running this term for the presidency of the country. And we were downtown Friday. (laughs) And all of a sudden, they found out I was from America. And so many people said, oh, we love America. And there was one character, he said, I don't like America. And after I walked up to him, I said, why don't you like America? He said, well, I have to say that or I get in trouble. But he looked at me and he said, Sir, can you tell me how I can get to America? <laughs> that was the only confrontation that I had. And, and, and my friend Malik Muhammad Islam, he, he's a good friend of mine. He comes to our home and stays in our home every once in a while. And he said, oh, he's just one of those. He's probably paid by somebody to stir up trouble in that city. But I want you to know, the favor of God has gone forth in this nation because the gospel has gone throughout the world so when you see your identity being ta- attacked he attacked jesus do you remember jesus when he was in the when he was baptized in the river jordan and the and and god's voice spoke forth and said this is my beloved son in whom i'm well pleased satan was listening The Spirit of God came down upon Jesus, the Holy Spirit, sat on him like a dove. And then when Jesus went up after his baptism into the wilderness, he was hungered for 40 days and 40 nights without food. It was then that Satan came to him, and in that temptation moment, he said, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. Satan knew he was the son of God because he saw him in heaven when he was cast out. But the audacity of him coming, knowing all these facts, challenged Jesus, the son of God. If you are the son of God, I want you to know, Satan wants to attack your identity in the area if you are born again, if you are a child of God. No, you are. Not if. You are born again. You are, have been changed. Because God spoke unto Jeremiah from heaven and said to Jeremiah, before you were conceived in your mother's womb, I chose you. God's foreknowledge Of you before your mother and and father came together to conceive you. God knew you. And he called you into existence. So you're more than just being born flesh and blood. You're divinely called by God himself with a divine purpose in this world. And God is saying rise up in the knowledge of who you really are. With all power and authority. I remember some years ago, I was in a home in South Carolina, the pastor's home, and, and they had a little boy, four-year-old, and, and uh, we were getting ready to have breakfast, and the little boy came in, and he was kind of talking to me, and I looked at him, and I, and I called him by his, not his real name, one I made up. His real name was John, and I said, Mark. Boy, did he look at me. Four years old. I'm not Mark. I said, yes, you are. No, you made a mistake. My name's John. I said, no, it's not John. It's Mark. The next thing out of his mouth came a bellowing cry. Mama, come in here. You tell Brother Steve who, what my name is, and it's John. So she comes in with her apron, you know. She looks at me and smiles. She said, yeah, it's John. And he looked at me and he shook his finger. He said, Brother Steve, I told you, my name is John. I said, oh, okay, I believe you. I want you to know that four-year-old boy knew his identity that was given to him at birth. I want you to know God gave you an identity when you became born again and when you were conceived by your mother and father and brought into this world. And God says, your name has not changed. Your purpose has not changed. Your destiny has not changed. You're more than who you think you are. You are on a divine calling. You could have been born hundreds of years ago, but it's right now. Some of you are sitting on a powder keg of divine purpose and you don't understand what's underneath you. But God's going to burst it forth all over you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You're more than who you think you are. (laughs) Oh, you're not defeated. You're victorious. You're not weak, but you're strong. The devil knows about it. That's why he attacks. You can't be hid from it. I remember a number of years ago, I was in Jamaica ministering at Christ for the Nations Bible College in Orcherias. And I had the afternoon off. And so a friend of mine was with me, and we decided we're going to go into the the falls that flows down out of the mountain there, and we were going to coal off. It was very hot. And so he and I, we walked through the rivers and we walked up, the, climbed up the rocks and got sopping wet and cooled off. And I was sitting under a tree at the top of the falls, drying off. And I was just sitting there and all of a sudden my eyes caught an old man, Rustafarian, you know, with these unkept locks of hair. And that comes out of the witchcraft of Africa. They have it in Jamaica. And uh, I saw him walking with a cane. And as he was walking through the parking lot up the sidewalk, he walked straight to where I was sitting. And all of a sudden, he took his cane and he pointed at me and he said, Sir, you're a minister of Jesus. And I thought I'd have some fun with him. I said, What are you talking about? I said, I'm a tourist. I'm just visiting. He got angry. He said, tell me the truth, sir. I'm an old man. Don't play with me. He said, you are a minister of Jesus. And my my friend that was with me, he said, you better tell him who you are. or He'll bop you with that cane. I mean, because he was prodding me in the chest. I want you to know, God will allow the world to seek you out and expose you. And finally, I said to that Rastafarian, I said, yes, sir, I am a minister of Jesus. I'm speaking at Christ for the Nations Bible College. He looked at me and he said, ah, I was right. He said, the spirits that I talked to, way down there in the parking lot, hundreds and hundreds of yards away from you, when I turned the corner, he said, They said to me, There sits a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Stephen, you can't be hid. I don't care where you walk, in the pit of hell or in the midst of darkness, the light still shines on you and Christ is Lord of your life and he is, shines gloriously. I want you to know you may be hiding on the job, you may be hiding somewhere in the community, but I want you to know there's coming a day when God's going to expose you and Satan will reveal to others who you are. So why do we fool around trying to hide ourselves? Identity. Rise up. Take a hold of yourself. Be strong in the Lord and the might of his power. Because more that is in you than that's in the world. As you leave tonight, I pray that you'll be revolutionized by the power of the Holy Spirit to rise above the ordinary and to be victorious in Christ. Oh, praise the Lord. When Jesus came in and he saved you, he did more than just save you. He came to live in you. He didn't just give you the diploma of your redemption, of your salvation with a date on it. He came to abide inside of you. The king of glory resides in you. And he's begging tonight to be all that he can be in you. Let him loose in your life. Let him loose. It's not about the flesh being glorified. It's about him being glorified. Oh, hallelujah. Let the mind of Christ now live and dwell in you. I was talking with my wife on the phone just recently, and I said, honey, you remember when you went into Macy's? I don't know if you have Macy's here, but you have Dillard's like that we have on the West Coast. She went to buy a blouse, and she just (laughs) had the credit card. And she said, "I was just minding my own business." And I walked in, and then I brought the blouse and put it on the on, on the cashier's little center they have, customer center. And she said, "The lady reached for the credit card, and her hand accidentally hit my hand." And she said, "The lady fell on the floor, started yelling." oh my God, oh my God, it's been years since i felt that, and I know what it is. <laughs> the other clerk came up, and she said, and she reached up, and she reached out, and my wife's standing there in shock, and she reaches out and touches my wife's hand. She falls in front of all those Ladies. And my wife's standing there, and she, she's looking what to do. You know who's going to buy who's going to pay you know who's going to take my credit card? And they were two ladies hugging each other and saying, "Oh my God, my God, my God, I felt God 's presence." Did my wife feel anything no?" She said, "I was just buying a blouse." And she said, I went afterwards and sat in the car and said, oh, my God, <laughs> you're more than who I think you are. Right. Glory to God. You may have come, down in the, come to church in the mully grubs and, and down the cast and so forth, but I want you to know God's looking at you and said, that's my redeemed. What they're walking through, they will not end in that. They will walk through what they're walking through, and God will glorify himself in you. Oh, praise the Lord. You're more than who you think you are. You've got to let him loose. Stop controlling him. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. And let God be God and let him move all over you. Walk with you. Talk with you. Speak through you. Oh, praise the Lord. Let his fragrance emanate out of you. Oh, glory. I tell you, you're more than who you think you are. You think you're walking, hiding yourself in, in the midst of a crowd. You are a shining light of God's glory in the midst of a darkened world. So lift up your head and rejoice and walk in worthiness of what God has done in your life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You have a new name. Move in the power. Move in the glory of God. Hallelujah. Amen. What did Jesus give the church? He said, when I go, he said, lay hands upon the sick. Cast out devils. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Do you think he would give you a task to do something if he didn't know you could do it? It's like telling your kid, go out and get the mail. Does Does your kid argue with you? It's too heavy. I don't know where to find it. I don't know how to do it. Oh, mama, you do it. No, God, in the natural, we just say go out and get the mail. And the child will get up and go and open the mailbox and get the mail and come back and say, Mama, you got, Daddy, you got mail. Well, what's the difference when God said he's given us the power and authority of the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ to go out and do signs and wonders? What's stopping you? But what, God, what, what if it doesn't happen? No problem. It can happen on the way. It can happen next week. But you were obedient. I love preaching in, in, in the Asian countries, in China and in Korea and in those nations. And my friends, they will not move until they see something begin to happen in them. And they wait for hours. They said, you said it. Jesus said it. I believe it. And I'm standing here until it happens. And God does things. Oh, glory. <laughs> You're more than who you think you are. You haven't even hardly scratched the surface. And God says, by the wind of the Holy Spirit is going to sweep you out of your little cocoon of who you have diagnosed yourself and categorized yourself that you can, who you are. And God's saying, I'll bust it all to pieces because he's coming for a glorious church. You see, we're anointed of the Holy Ghost. Not just for ministry. We're anointed for living. 24 hours a day. Sleeping, cleaning, cooking, working. Let the mind of Christ now be in you. Let the wisdom of heaven now invade this little brain of yours. And God will give you revelations to solve problems that no one else can solve that God might be glorified with you on the job. And the favor that God will give you, he'll open doors because you're willing to walk forward in that dimension what God has for you. We've got to switch as children of God from man thinking to God thinking you hear what I'm saying start stepping into the God realm God faith not man faith all things are possible to him that believeth (laughs) start stepping into the God realm and I want you to know in the God realm of faith it is not Perfect mannerisms according to man. We pride ourselves in being so perfected and assured in our thinking and manners of living life. And when everything is perfect, we think that God's going to move. I want you to know, God will move on your life in your chaos. He's a God of the storm. He likes to go strolling in the midst of chaos. I love it. (laughs) And when chaos hits my life, I cry out. I say, oh, God, I know you're going to reveal yourself. It's not in the smooth sailing. It's when everything is going to pieces. All of a sudden I say, Lord, what are you up to? You're up to something right now. And when my kids are calling mom and dad, we're going through this, I begin to praise the Lord. Because I know that God's beginning to move. And he's a God that goes strolling on the waves of a storm to bring change. This is what he does. When you step in and start living in the God realm, you act different. You see beyond the circumstance. I remember about two years ago, I got a call from a dear pastor from Fiji, Poetimata, a good friend of mine. He started 150 churches in that nation, and he has a church of several thousands. He called me at 3 in the morning, 2 or 3 in the morning, and I was half asleep, and the phone rang, and my wife said, you better pick it up. It just kept ringing and ringing and ringing. And it's Pastor Poetti. And he said to me, he said, Brother Steve, and he was crying. He said, my wife is dying. She's in intensive care, and she's she's an RN, but she's got a virus that no one knows how to cure it, and the doctors have given her 2 to 3 hours to live. Will you pray? <laughs> and I love this couple. I prayed two or three. In the, you don't feel anointed, brother. You know, that hour of the morning. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you don't feel the unction. And all of a sudden, I prayed anyway. And, and he was crying. And he said, Brother Stephen, they told me that they only got two or three hours to sleep. And he said, to, so I prayed. I didn't feel any unction, but that didn't matter. It's not what you feel. It's what God says. And all of a sudden, he looked at me and said to me over the phone, Brother Steve, he said, when when, when can I call you back? I said, Poeti, don't call me back for seven days. And I hung up. Immediately, my wife, she said, honey, that was so cold his wife's dying and you said call me call you back in seven days I said I don't know why I said that and I heard him give this testimony I didn't hear anything from him on the seventh day he calls me back brother Stephen this is Poeti Mata, your friend I said, how's your wife that was dying? He said, Brother Stephen, when you prayed, I went back to the intensive care, and everything on the machine changed. Her heart started beating properly. The circulation began to be normal. And I said, how's your wife? He said, she's in the kitchen washing dishes. And so he said, I waited for seven days. I said, Brother Poete, let's rejoice in the Lord for his goodness. I want you to know when we step into the divine realm, it doesn't make sense to the flesh. But we proclaim it, and God is moved in the midst of it. Oh, hallelujah. You're more than who you think you are. Start rising up. <laughs> Step into the God mindset. With God, all things are possible. Do you know that he, he not only heals, but he has wisdom for you? My wife and I, we, we saved up pennies and we got a, a motorhome, And... Uh, my wife and I we sneak off and we get away from the kids and we were going down the Oregon coast and all of a sudden my wife was perspiring. She said, Honey, the the vent under my seat is on and it is hot. You've got the heat on in this motorhome. And I said, no, honey. I looked at all the dials, and the the heater was off. And she said, I don't care what you're saying. She said, this is going to be hell riding down the coast with heat under my seat. And she said, I am so hot. And I reached over, and I felt the vent, and it was so hot. So I'm driving. And that night, we pull in. And what's going through my mind the flesh, the mind. I said, oh, dear God, there's several hundred dollars I pull in. She said, you got to get this thing, thing fixed. I thought, oh, there it goes, ching, 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 ching. You know, hundreds of dollars, technician, and, and I know nothing about it. I pulled over, and I looked at it, and it's like me looking at an alligator, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and all i could see was it was dollar signs you know what i mean brother you know just going to the you know oh lord 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 i i can't afford this I, we just came for a relaxation and all of a sudden so finally we pulled into a campsite and that night and i'm laying on the bed there and something happened to me because i was in despair we went to get away for ourselves from the grandkids and from us for a few nights and a few days, and it's costing me money. <laughs> and I, all of a sudden, for something out of pride of me, I said, oh, God, help me. <laughs> I was laying, it's about midnight. And God spoke to me, said, Stephen, look under the steering column In the cab or the motorhome, and there's an on and off switch. And I thought to myself, God, you can be that simple. (laughs) You know, I'm looking for something really dynamic, you know. Thus saith the Lord. It was just an infusion of a thought. So I couldn't wait. I didn't want to get out of bed. It was midnight. I didn't want to get out of the bed, wake my wife. So in the morning, I slipped out and I went to the cab and I looked under the steering column. And sure enough, there was a switch and it said heater on and off. <laughs> I didn't even know it was there. So I reached out and I switched it off. <laughs> I didn't say anything to my wife. We got up that next morning to take off, and she said, wow, what happened? It's cool. (laughs) She said, man, you're a genius. I said, no, I'm not a genius. I'll tell you how it happened. God gave me a God thought, and I obeyed the God thought, and I solved the problem. I want you to know God is in the business of giving you God's thoughts, his intelligence, his revelation, his anointing to solve normal problems. And we never let him do it. Because why? We are wanting something great beyond that. An angel didn't show up, lights didn't flash. He just said, Stephen, look under the steering column. I want you to know God is in the business of solving problems in your life and in your walk with him and in your daily life. He's more than who you think you are. You're more than who you think you are. You're a child of God with the greatest solver of earth problems, and that is God in your life. Start switching into his mindset. And stop trying to solve things in your mindset. So what is God calling us tonight? He said, rise up in the might of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and become all that he's ordained you to be. Oh, glory. Yeah. Hallelujah. He said, lay hands upon the sick. He didn't say for you to, you to do it. He will do it in your obedience. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. The glory of the Lord is in the midst of you. Walk in that authority. Walk in that power. Let God out of the box in your life. You have made a mess already of it, so you might as well turn it loose. You hear what I'm saying? Oh, glory to God. Even your kids, quit trying to bang them and bang them with the gospel. Allow the Holy Spirit to begin to talk to them and begin to set up divine appointments in their life that they'll come to know Jesus. Oh, glory. (laughs) Hallelujah. So what am I telling you tonight? There's a dimension that he wants you to step into. Church, get ready, get ready for one of the greatest outpourings of the Holy Spirit that you've ever known with signs and wonders. Things are going to start happening. Oh, glory. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because you're anointed not just for worship, not just for ministry, you're anointed for living. To be the best mother, the best father, the best employer, the best friend. Allowing God's spirit to flow through you in such a dynamic way that the kingdom of God is glorified. Because you're walking not in the flesh, but you're walking in the spirit as a child of God. And let God begin to move in your life. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord rise up into the fullness of your destiny that God has called you. I was in a crusade in the nation of Fiji, and I made the statement like I made here tonight, you're anointed for living. A week later, in another church, this lady came up to me, a Fijian lady, and she was crying and laughing. And she said, "Brother List, she said, I took those words that you had delivered in that crusade, and she said, I had lost my job from the resort. She said, I'm a chef, and she said, I lost my job. My husband lost his job. The resort closed down, and I've been to crying to God. What are we going to do with our no finan- finances?" She said, I went to bed that night and laid on that pillow and I cried out to God and said, God, I'm anointed for living. In the night, she said, God gave me seven recipes and I wrote them down of cakes In the morning, I got up, and I borrowed the ingredients from my relatives. I baked these cakes and then took them to the resorts that were there, and I began to hand them slices of cake, and they were so delicious. They said they'd never tasted anything like it, and she said, I went to seven resorts, and seven resorts chefs ordered cakes, one of every seven. And she said, I want you to know, this was a week ago. She said, I've hired my husband, I've hired my my cousin, and I've hired my nephew. And she said, we've got more than what we can handle. She said, I am anointed for doing business and for living. She said, I know, because it was a God mindset. I want you to know, God wants his ideas infused in you by the Spirit of God. So rise up. Get in the God mindset. Let his mind dwell in you. Oh, praise the Lord. I want to close with this. You be challenged sometimes, but just obey the Lord. We say in Africa, in Swahili, in which means problem. It's God's problem. It's his Hisindaba. In Seattle, we had a, a, a pastor's retreat, and there was a couple that came up to the front, and they stood close beside each other. They said, Brother List, we're going forth as evangelists. Will you pray for us? And as we laid hands on the couple, we felt an infusion of the Holy Spirit. Six weeks later, I get a phone call and the lady on the phone is hysterical and she's screaming. She said, it's happening because the Holy Spirit said to her, I see God giving you a progressive miracle. I didn't know what it was. But when you become the mouthpiece of God, you are the the element that triggers heaven and earth to manifest. She said, Pastor, what you didn't know, I was born without an arm. And I had my jacket on. And I was standing there beside my husband. And she said, I work for attorneys. I'm, I am <coughs> reception, I'm a secretary, rather. She said, when you said to me, God's going to give you a progressive miracle. She said, I went home that night and all of a sudden, I only had a, a few inches of an arm. I was born that way. It began to tingle in the night. And she said, I would go to work. And she said, I told them the tingling. And she said, we started measuring my little stub. Within six weeks, it grew from a stub into an arm with an elbow. With a whole arm, a hand and fingers within six weeks. And she said, my office and my attorneys that I work for lost their minds. And she says, That's why I'm shouting on the phone. God did it. I had a progressive miracle, she said. She said, I'm standing now, lifting both arms, five fingers. A new arm, a new wrist, a new hand. God did it in my life. I want you to know they're evangelists going throughout Canada right now, giving God the praise for that progressive miracle. I want you to know you're a catalyst in this gathering tonight for God to ignite and to release something in the spirit that's going to be heaven will stand amazed and glorify the Father. So get ready. Get ready for what God's about to do in your life. Hallelujah. It's not about your age. It's not about your retiring. God is going to recommission you retired folks and put you on the front line with the impact of the anointing of God. So get ready as long as you can shuffle in that walker and walk with that cane or whatever. God's anointing is still on you. Get ready. Glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I was in Florence, Alabama, and I saw a retired old man in a wheelchair. He came flying down the aisle, and you know what he was doing? When the altar was full of people, he was laying hands on them, and they were being slain by the power of God, being baptized in the Holy Ghost. He said, my wheelchair doesn't hold back the anointing. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Elijah, when he was being swept up into heaven, my friend, he didn't stop. In the fiery chariot, he said, I've got one more ministry to do. He took off his cloak, a mantle, off his shoulders, and he said, I'm not leaving this world and going home to glory without one more contact. And he cast forth that garment, and Elisha caught it. There was an impartation. Watch out, gray-headed men and women. God is not through with you yet. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. God's not through with you. You throw your shoulders back. You begin to give God praise. There's a well inside of you that is beginning to boil over. Watch out what the Holy Ghost is going to do to you. (laughs) The other day I was telling some brothers, I went into the grocery store, something like Safeway. I don't know if you have them here. Or like, you know, Safeway. And I was, I don't know who went before me. My wife said, you pick up some groceries. I said, okay. It was an ordinary day. All of a sudden, I began to speak in tongues. I mean, I don't know who walked ahead of me or or what seed was planted or what presence was in those aisles, but I walked up and down four aisles. I couldn't shut up. I was pushing that buggy, putting food in the buggy, and speaking in tongues glorifying the Lord. And I mean, I was having a time after four hours, people looking at me, what language is that? It doesn't matter. When I was in North Korea just a couple of years ago, Dae Young Kim and I, with all the surveillance and all of that stuff on the university campus in Pyongyang, we looked at each other, we both spoke English, and he said, you know what? He said, Brother Steve, what are we going to do tonight? I said, we're going to walk this campus In spite of all the soldiers, all the guards, all the surveillance. And I said, we're going to sing in the Holy Ghost. And man, did we raise our voice. And we started praying in the Holy Ghost. And I know those intelligent officers sitting with their microphones looked at each other. What in the world is this language? Who in the heck is this? Where are they from? All I know is we went through the whole campus praying in the Holy Ghost. God's moving in North Korea. When I got through after those four aisles, something popped in my head so quick. What are you going to do, Brother Steve, when you walk through the cashier? Are you going to talk to her in tongues? (laughs) I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, what's going on here? Anyway, God with the Holy Spirit was gracious. He allowed me to be in English for a while. See, I paid my bill, and the moment I put my hands on that cart, and I started pushing it out the door, it burst out again. And people were looking at me like, what in the world? Where, what country are you from? What are you doing? And I stood by my car putting groceries in the car, and I had my hands at the, in the end saying, thank you, Jesus. Now, I don't know who pushed that cart before me. I don't know who walked those aisles of the grocery store praying in the Holy Spirit, but they were anointed, hallelujah. I want you to know your prayers will go before you. I went home and told my wife, she said, well, let's go back. (laughs) I said, no, I'm tired of groceries right now. (laughs) I want you to know you're more than who you think you are. You're a child of the King destined for heaven, the glories of heaven. And you're not a, some poor wimp. You're a real estate holder of heaven. I'm looking at multimillionaires here. You have a deed whose house is built by the streets of gold. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. He said, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you shall be also. So praise the Lord. You may not have much here, but you've got a a whole slew of stuff up there. (laughs) So rejoice and give God praise. Hallelujah. There's a graduation day coming, and you'll give him praise throughout eternity. Why? How can you praise for eternity? Because you'll be in the God praise moment. Not in the flesh. (laughs) That's why you can praise him forever. Shall we stand? As musicians come, you are more than who you think you are. And you have just scratched the surface of what God has in store for you. Oh, glory.